Welcome back to another episode of Around the 412. I'm Tyler, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Smitty. Be sure to give us a follow on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, you know it, and go subscribe to us on YouTube as well. Also, we got that GoFundMe for Isla Keen as well. I saw T- Smitty post the pictures of the fire trucks. So that was pretty dope, um, but just wanted to give a shout out to that GoFundMe as well, the Isla Keen Future Fund. Um, sadly, Dalton Keen passed away back in October and left behind his two-year-old daughter, um, Isla, but we've been pushing that GoFundMe. It's over $30,000, and we're going to continue to push it indefinitely just to get as many eyeballs on it to relieve that financial burden as much as we can. Also, before we get into the show, I just want to give a quick shout out. And I can't believe that this is a reality in in this sentence, but I want to give a shout out to minority owner LeBron James of the Pittsburgh Penguins for becoming the all-time leading scorer. I was going to bring it up already if you didn't, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think that the <laughs> fact that I can say minority owner LeBron James of the Pittsburgh Penguins, that's a real statement. He became the all-time leading scorer in the NBA, so congrats to LeBron. The Well, I want him to fire Hextall next. That, that's, that should be his <laughs> next goal, not, not just becoming the all-time leading scorer. Now he's accomplished what he needs to in the NBA. He needs to move exactly. to the NHL world and get rid of Hextall. Get more hands-on with Fenway Sports Group, LeBron. Uh, I was going to bring it up if you didn't, but yeah, it was hilarious. Like BR open ice tweeted out the picture of him wearing a Penn's Jersey yeah. about it. So yeah, shout out to him. Um, you mentioned uh, Isla and you know, Kaylee and I, Isla's mother went on Sunday with her to the fire truck stuff. And it ties into the rock around the four one two, which we're about to do the prizes and stuff anyway. But uh, that was just a really cool day. Uh, we showed up, we didn't know what to expect. Like when I asked my uncle, if he could put it together, wasn't sure like i just thought maybe they were going to have like a couple trucks there from center townships fire department he had four different departments bring every truck that they did or they had there uh so it was like multiple departments there was probably like 30 different fire uh men and women there and she was kind of overwhelmed at first honestly uh really it took until she and they even brought like you know snacks and they gave her a fire truck gift um, like a little toy and then yeah. a coloring book and stuff. But it took until she was offered some juice and cookies to really start to warm up. And then we got to, and we didn't know this was happening either. We got to ride in a fire truck and go like on our own little mini parade type thing. Oh, that's with, awesome. You know, the sirens and stuff go in and which I also didn't realize those were handled by a like foot pedal, the horns and stuff. Oh, so I really? Was the one controlling those. Yeah. That's pretty I cool. had a big job on Sunday. I was the one controlling those. So, but Isla loved it. She couldn't stop talking about it. Kaylee told me afterwards. So, as overwhelmed as she was at first, um, she had an awesome day that she's going to remember forever. And there's obviously the pictures and videos that will last forever. So, huge shout out to my Uncle Bill and all the fire departments. I, I know Center and Al Quipper were two of them. He told me that there was three or four different ones there. So, I'm not sure. Maybe Hopewell was part of it too. But my uncle was the fire chief for Center and Al Quipper. So, I figured those two would be there. Okay. But didn't know the number of trucks or, or people that would be there. But they just made her feel really special. And uh, yeah, it was an awesome day. The way that it ties into what we're going to be doing, obviously, rocking around the 412, I love with that tragic loss of her father was supposed to be one of the children that we gave Christmas to Um, her mom, you know, being the the type of person that she is wanted to forego that because from a financial standpoint, like they were fine. So she wanted to pay it forward. She adopted three kids. We adopted 12 from the Salvation Army's uh, angel tree for Christmas and got them every single thing that was on their Christmas lists. So that was obviously awesome to be able to do that. Um, This rocking around the 412 year 
for this reason, because of, of losing Dalton and, you know, Isla and Kaylee's involvement in this, it, it felt a little even more special than other years for me um, for that reason. So again, one last big thank you to everybody that donated. Here we are sitting in February and we're just now getting around to doing the prizes. I wish I could like, you know, place some blame on Tyler or somebody else for this, but it's literally just all on me. Like I've had the stuff sitting down here and just, we haven't, I, I haven't gotten around to doing it. So it's completely on me why we are sitting here right now at the beginning of this show about the pool names for winners, but I have every single name of all the donators uh, in my cowboy hat, which looks like an undertaker hat, according to Tyler from this angle. So every single name of the donators is in here. Um, There's a good amount of names in here too, which I'm very happy about. That just goes to show how many people rally around this, this cause every single year. So again, thank you so much. If you're one of the people whose name is sitting in this hat right now. Um, So we're going to give away some prizes. Um, Not that I want to like, you know, downplay some of them and hype some of them up. But, you know, we'll go through in an order that I think makes sense in terms of, like, the the best prizes here. I got seven different items right here. And, of course, Tyler doing the Penguins tickets. Um, In the past, we had, like, specifically said, hey, this is the game you got tickets to. Whoever wins the Penguin game this year, we're not going to say a specific game. You and Tyler can link up after this. He'll message you, and you guys can – he'll give you some options for games and stuff, and you guys can talk about it that way. So uh, we're going to start with – once again, big shout-out to Kimmy. Timmy Flanders for the uh, the football signed by obviously special teams ace of the Steelers great return man Gunnar Oshetsky fantastic year this year for the Steelers as we all expected uh, as an all pro coming over from New England <laughs> so uh, we'll go through some <laughs> names here and uh, I'm just gonna pick one out I, I gotta try to hype this up you know what I, mean? I understand Let's... I understand hey it is signed by a professional athlete so he is it could be worse it could be a football is... signed by you and me. I don't know. Honestly, would that be that might be better. Let let us know. We'll give you the option if you'd rather have Tyler and I sign a football. <laughs> Tyler is correct though. Gunnar Oshesky for the time being is a pro in the NFL. All right. <clears throat> this was actually uh I hope I can find this person on social media, but and also you guys are not going to see these names, but uh Jared Lineker was one of the first five people to donate this year. So I remember seeing that name when I was going through literally, as you guys are seeing, I I have to go through on GoFundMe and my Venmo, my cash app and my PayPal to get everybody's name, write it on pieces of paper, cut them up and then fold them to put in this. Like it's, it's very taxing, honestly. My hand's been cramping up all day. So uh, congratulations to Jared. You are getting a football signed by somebody. It could be us. It could be Gunnar Oshevsky. You let us know what you want. No, it's literally, I mean, it's signed by Gunnar right now. So like if you want it signed by us, we'd have to sign it in addition to, which that would be interesting too with Tyler being in Oklahoma. But uh, this baseball, oddly enough, and we didn't get this, is signed by our boy Travis Swaggerty of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Friend of the show. He's got merch. I've played Call of Duty with him in the past. Great dude. This baseball was sent to us by somebody else, though, to give away. I didn't huh. get it. So shout out to Travis for signing. I, I keep forgetting about it, too. Like, I got to let him know, like, yo, I got a baseball signed by you in my possession right now, even though you have no clue about this. Um, but, all right, <laughs> Travis Swaggerty signed baseball. 
this would be funny if like like Sarge's name is in here because he donated. Obviously, it'd be funny if like he wins it. I'm gonna find it funny if my father-in-law wins anything because we're gonna have he's, to redraw. He's in here. So are yeah. your parents. Yeah, if they win anything, we're gonna redraw. <laughs> All right. I guess I have to say the same for my family then. Because uh, I mean, I'll, I'll just be honest. The reality of it is, if my parents won I'll, something, it would turn into mine. So. Andrew Emblem, and I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, but uh, you've probably seen him. His name's like Pens8771 yeah, yeah, on yeah. Twitter. He's very interactive uh, on Twitter. He's supported us a ton. I think I think this year he donated three separate times. So, yeah, he was oh, wow. very supportive in the mission this year, so I'm glad he won something. Uh, I'm not sure that he's a huge baseball guy necessarily, so it would have been a lot cooler if he won like one of the Pens jerseys, not Brian Dumoulin's, or the Pens tickets, but you know, he wants something. So, and I know, you know, people that are donating to this, I, I know most of the people personally, no one cares about winning the prize. Like it's a nice bonus if you do, but that's not why they're donating. So, mm -hmm. um, all right, let's just get, let's just get it out of the way. We got a Brian Dumoulin jersey as well. Uh, I mean, maybe if you want, maybe you run into him and see if he can sign it. Like, Hey, it was really good until 2019 or something like that. Maybe you can inscribe it. Um, <laughs> that'd be like pete rose did you know that pete rose will basically inscribe anything you want on a baseball no but you know what's a shame like first off brian dumlin i literally he was my favorite player on those cup runs and it's just it's so hard to watch him now because of what he used to be as a player he was always so underrated and i just wish that i could remember those times and they would have moved on sooner because now like this is leaving such a bad taste in my mouth mm -hmm. but you know shout out to brian dumlin i love Penn's jerseys obviously but like the white ones look so different in person too so i'm a huge fan of the jersey itself um but yeah brian dumoulin would you feel worse right now about winning a brian dumoulin jersey or a jeff carter jersey mm. jeff carter oh, no 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 brian dumoulin because jeff, jeff carter's under contract for another year that's true. I'm thinking, though, you have at least, like, the track record with Dumoulin in a Penguins jersey. You know, like, he accomplished some things. Yeah, I guess when it, in that specific jersey, <laughs> yeah. Oh. What, Alex Stump. Alex Stump. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. You th those, two get, those two prizes should have switched. Like the, the baseball and the, <laughs> based off, yeah, the based on what jersey. people know them for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alex Stump literally covers the Pirates and he's been pitching in on the Steelers and he wins a Penguins jersey <clears throat> of Brian Dumoulin. You know, it's come full circle. Would, you know what? You know what? I would consider Alex Stump the Brian Dumoulin of the Pirates beat. So it kind of is fitting. Oh. <laughs> uh. You leave, then throw shade. Shaking my head. <laughs> we just did a Penguins jersey, so we'll do the Cam Hayward jersey before we do the Jake Gensel. Cam Hayward, white jersey, obviously a, a fan favorite for every Steelers fan. The ultimate Steeler, the captain. This, this makes for a really good podcast, you mixing the bowl. That's yeah, audio. especially that, like audio. when I'm not 
when I'm not announcing anything. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not watching the YouTube version, you're getting great audio right now. Doug, Doug Moss. That's Dougie Fresh. Oh, okay. Congratulations. So there's somebody that I know should get use out of this. Steelers fan, I believe he's like my size. So that's good. By the way, like every jersey that I ever get is going to probably be L or XL just because like I feel like those are the two most common. So if you don't fit in one of those, sorry. Hopefully somebody in the family does. Yeah. Anybody my size isn't getting anything. <laughs> but then that would be motivation to use this this Peloton back here. There you go. That's not a prize, by the way. That's, that's, that's not a prize. <laughs> that's my right, wife. Well, we're redraw. We're doing our first it. redraw. Why? Allie Smith. Yeah. Sorry, uh, you don't want that anyway. Is her last name Allie still? Or is Smith? Oh, that's a good point. It should say Allie Thurman. Yeah, you're right. I'm just <laughs> her, so her used first to. Name is still well, Allie, you know what? It yeah. said. It said in the donation thing, Allie Smith on GoFundMe. At the oh, time. okay. So oh, this is that's this that's Smitty's sister, first... by the way. For anybody, yeah, yeah, wondering. yeah. This was another one of our first donators, Jessica Olama. Again, if I if that's not the way the last name is pronounced, I very much apologize. Well, that um, just sounds like me playing Fortnite. Oh, Llama. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jake Gensel Jersey coming your way, Jessica. I will. Uh... I'll reach out. Hopefully I can find these people on social media, by the way. Most people you would think would follow us on like Twitter. That should be the best way to find. We should tell people, people when they donate, if you're donating from the social media link, like if you, you donate from clicking on Twitter or something or on Instagram or wherever you find it, you should just post your at and not your actual name. Oh uh, yeah. Like in the GoFundMe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. In the next uh, courtesy of MVP authentics, we got two Izzy Abanacanda, soon to be drafted in the NFL draft, autographed jerseys. So we got, obviously, the white. It comes with the JSA certification for that bad boy, too. Uh, we'll do the white one first. I just picked up, like, five. All right. <laughs> Grant Nelson. Mm, okay. Congratulations, Grant. Hopefully I can reach out to you. Wait, hold on. That might be someone that I know, but I don't know if that's someone I know. I mean, it's not like... <clears throat> I wouldn't say it's an uncommon name, so it's possible like to be a completely different Grant Nelson. But So there's a, the, the Nelson family went to... They're from my church growing up. And okay. Grant is one of their sons. He's older okay. than us. He graduated high school in like 2002 or three, but I, that's the only Grant Nelson I know. I don't know one mm -hmm. on social media. Um, okay. So yeah. Well, I might have to wanna, reach out to them. I don't want to say, I don't want to say for sure that's who it is, but that's the only person I could think of. He also played football at BYU. Joe Frick. <laughs> what the frick, dude? 
Frick Joe, man. I feel like jo- Joe won something um, last. Or no, he that was because he he won like an auction for it, so he actually had to bid, like bid. So it's not the same type of thing. Like it wasn't just pure mm-hmm. luck. But uh, Joe, I didn't even show this one. I don't think. But you're getting the blue version of that same thing. Again, Izzy Banacanda autographed, lead bound. He'll hear his name called at some point in April's draft. What, what do you think? Really like I, off topic. Off topic, where do you, you round five? Yeah. I mean, running back is just so first off, like running back is, is the position that has the least amount of value. like I feel yeah. value per pick. So I think for how many running backs are gonna be in this draft, probably I'd say ceiling round round four, but probably round five. Yeah, I think he goes round four. That's what I've been saying. All right. And then finally, this is for the Pens tickets. Ryan Hubert. Again. Do you know who that is? Nope. All right. Nope. Well, hopefully we can reach out to you. So uh, after recording this, I will go through, try to find these people. If you're watching or listening, uh, you can obviously reach out to us and make it way more easy on us. A couple of these people we obviously know without having to do that. But, you know, that's kind of one of the, uh, I guess, challenges of this all is when people win and you're not sure <laughs> exactly who they are. Some people, luckily for us, even if people donate anonymously, it still shows me the name. So everybody's name is in here. But, you know, then the challenge becomes, all right, how do I get a hold of these people? So, uh, but again, congratulations to everybody that won a prize. And thank you so much for being a part of this. Um, a lot of repeat names every single year. So can't thank everybody enough for being involved in this. And Tyler and I talk about it all the time, but it literally is the most important thing that we do. It's our baby. Um, the fact that we've now raised over $20,000 doing this in the five years that we've done it. Uh, unbelievable. Um, more than that over over twenty six thousand. Oh, tw- yeah yeah 20 i, I said twenty thousand. we reached that last year over 25 is it over twenty six thousand? i guess over so 26, because we went over six thousand yeah. this year yeah you're right um what am i talking about why am i shorting us right now um, <laughs> no. yeah but obviously uh it's we love doing it uh kicks off in july every single year so hey you know only like five more months until next year gets rolled or this year i should say gets rolling um February 8th and we're talking about something we did for Christmas which again is completely my fault and I apologize but um, great cause get involved if you haven't been already and uh, look forward to doing it for year six so other than that uh, sorry about uh, that 19 minutes in counting of prize picking but it had to be done and it had to be done publicly somehow so now we can get into actual sports talk um, well kind of I guess it's going to be you and I talking about sports. So um, first things first that we got to talk about. I know you saw the clip. I've now posted it everywhere. We know that Steeler fans, you know, we got some big names. We got Brett Michaels. We got Seth Myers. We got Joe Manganiello. We got Snoop Dogg. We got around the 412. And now we got JJ. Are you going to go to Steelers games this year? Are you going to like start being a fan again? Absolutely. I'm I'm, I'm a huge Steelers fan. Are you going to go back to being a Packers fan? Uh, No. Okay, good. No. Yeah, because Aaron Rodgers, we can't. You can't. Yeah, do that. no, just for you. Okay, I'm doing it for you. you. Yeah. yeah, and we no. got to focus all our energy on the Badgers. Yes, right. we are pouring a lot of energy. Luke Fickle building a monster. Looking forward to that. Um, but no, Steelers, absolutely. I'm all in the Steelers. All in. 
on the Steelers, says J.J. Watt. So think about it. He doesn't play in the NFL anymore. And he's a he said he's all in on the Steelers. Massive Steelers fan. How different is he than us? Um, well, don't answer, don't answer, don't answer. If you take out his pro football reference page on the internet and you take away his uh bank account, um yep. then he's practically this oh and, and if you take away his, his BMI his wife, his child. Well, I have a wife. You have a wife. Half of us have a wife. Um, the yep. children, um, his his probably body fat percentage. You take away yep. practically Fourth everything routine. about him besides that he is a human being. Um, yeah, we're pretty much the same. Blonde. And we're rooting for the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, I can live with that. There's enough parallels, I think. The height. Well, at least my height starts with a six. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, that was just so cool for me to see today. Like literally, I didn't, I didn't, I just came across that clip because I was watching. Pardon my take, but to know that, like, I'm, I'm, I could potentially see JJ Watt at Akershore Stadium next season. Like that's insane oh, going, to think about. I, I feel like there's no way you don't. Yeah, I mean, maybe not you, like personally, but like everybody, him being at the like personally seeing him in person, but like everybody at the game seeing him, like being at him being at the stadium. For sure, I feel like he's going to be at least a couple. Well, of I've games. seen I've seen his parents there, so like there's I feel like at some point I am going to see him. I mean, if you haven't, and seen then his I can. Parents, he's probably going to be a, TJ and Derek would probably feel bad. Yeah, and I'm you know so the the way I see it is I run into JJ, we talk about how similar we are, and then you know he ends up the third host on this podcast. That that could work, and then <laughs> finally we can get TJ on. Absolutely. And I guess, and I yeah, guess this is all, yeah, this is all trending in the right direction. So do you nothing think but good news? the parents have favorites? And how do you think they rank the favorite? Because <laughs> uh, I think he goes by defensive player of the years because T- JJ has three defensive player of the year. TJ has one and Derek's a fullback. Mm-hmm. So I've, I mean, automatically Derek is the least. Yeah, unfortunately. Sorry, Derek. Seems like a great guy. Great yeah. family. Great. Yeah, yeah. Although, Although you know that, what? That, Derek, Derek is the only that's one that's... Derek, Derek and JJ have given the parents grandchildren. TJ's got to work on it. But it's, but it's two to one in favor of Derek. That's true. That's true. In a football sense, Derek is the least favorite. In a life sense, have Derek one, is probably the favorite. And if you have one, you basically have zero. So Derek has given them the most grandchildren by far. Yeah, Derek's got to add up TJ. If you add up TJ and JJ's kids, it's only half of what Derek has given them. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's true. In in the football world, it's definitely JJ and Derek's last. But in in the world (laughs) of life, I mean, Derek is number one by far, and TJ is not even a child anymore. Until they give him a grandchild. TJ's the best active player. <clears throat> That's true. So, so football history, it's JJ. There yeah. for career, it's JJ. Currently, it's TJ. In life, it's Derek. So they have a favorite for each one. Yeah. Exactly. Depends on the, it depends on the day, depends on the hour, what they're rooting for, what they're doing at that time, which one the favorite child is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how all this turns out 
but all I know is at some point, like I'm expecting JJ Watt to be on the show now after hearing him. You on expect a podcast, him to be like sitting in, in section 145 or whatever. 105. 105. 145 is on the opposite. I mean, hey, listen, JJ, I mean, I'll just I'll put it out there now. The offer will stand for as long as you want it to, even, you know, post. <laughs> even if people claim tickets, it, it stands. If, if JJ says he's going to go, sorry, whoever you are, you're not going anymore. You may have. I mean, I don't know if people know this. I haven't brought it up ever, but I'm a Steeler season ticket holder. Section oh, 105. Yeah, I don't I don't think anybody's known that. <laughs> I don't think you've ever mentioned it once on the show. Seats five and six. So, hey, you know, I don't I think you haven't posted a picture on social media ever. Mm-hmm. It's I, I, it's never been in my bio yeah, as a way no. to try to, like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I think it's very hidden from the world. You should really share but, that more. But JJ, for the first time, I will let people know that I do have season tickets for the Steelers. And if you want to come to a game with me, maybe we take some photos. Maybe you know, he can give you a, have a good time. ride so you can actually see from his level. <laughs> I want to know what it's like <laughs> to be that tall. So this <laughs> honestly was actually a ploy to, for, to make that happen. <laughs> but it, it, all, all jokes aside, it would be awesome to see J.J. Watts uh, in Pittsburgh next year. Just not exactly the way people were, were envisioning uh, when we were starting the campaign for J.J. Watt to be part of Steelers Nation. But You know, this is probably even it. better, to be completely honest. Yeah. Depending on how you look at it, yeah. Um, not some actual football-related stuff here. Brian Flores hired by the Vikings to be the defensive coordinator. We've been talking about it for weeks. Like it was always going to be a short-term thing with Brian Flores here. Unfortunately, it's only for one season. Um, I think that you know we were kind of holding on for a little bit of hope that he wouldn't get a head coaching job, and you know I wanted him to. Obviously, like I hope for the best for Brian Flores. Didn't think that the situation in Miami should have cost him his job or anything like that. So, like from a from a personal standpoint, great for him getting back into an elevated role from what he was in. Selfishly, would have loved to have seen him here for another season, but I think he's going to do wonders for that Minnesota defense. And you look at that Minnesota team. Everything that they needed was there offensively last year. The defense was horrible. If Brian Flores can go in there and have that defense looking the way that it did in Miami during Flores' time and some of the stuff that he had his hand in here, it's hard to gauge exactly how much of a role he was playing here. But, you know, Minnesota could be cooking with something there. And that NFC North, I mean, to me, very much wide open. Like between Minnesota and Detroit, I actually think like, Green Bay is probably third fiddle at this point, especially if they end up, you know, not having Aaron Rodgers back in 2023. Yeah, I think uh, first off, this is a year too late. He should have had at least a defensive coordinator spot last year. Somehow the Steelers lucked out to get him as a linebackers coach because no one seemed to really want to test those waters as a defensive coordinator with him last year. They didn't want to touch him and, with the, you know, the stuff with the NFL. Yeah, like basically it, it, had that, to that was, wait a year. It was just so stupid. Um, but anyway, I mean, this year, yeah, personally, it's great for him. Happy for him that he gets this opportunity. But as a Steelers fan, it really sucks, especially because what we've talked about the last couple of weeks is like, all right, Devin Bush is going to be gone. Miles Jack could be gone. You have Spillane probably coming back, but the linebacker room is going to be pretty bare. It would have been nice to have Flores around to be able to help rebuild that linebacker room um, to what you're we're used to seeing with Steelers defenses. But yeah. You know, another guy can help do that, but good for him. He deserved it. He shouldn't have had that situation in Miami. The fact that he was able to come to the Steelers for a year was amazing. Um, And I I think he's going to do great in Minnesota. 
That's a good point is, you know, with the amount of inconsistency that we expect to see from this, this past year to next season uh, inside with that inside linebackers room, he could have been that one consistent. But, you know, we like we said, the time was always hey, going to be Robert short. Robert Spillane is going to be that one consistent. The best yeah. linebacker on the team. I'll be, I mean, you know, we've talked about it. I've seen some people throwing out, like, an extension might be the best route. I still feel like Miles Jack, despite that large number, is going to be a stealer next year. I, I guess an extension could make sense. But I just... <sighs> I think no matter which way you come about it, whether you extend him or you just bite it and you you pay him the twelve and a half million or whatever it's going to be, I I think you need to because I don't know where the other body is going to come from as a linebacker. You, sure, you can you can yeah. draft one high, like in the second third round. I don't expect one in round one, but who knows? Um, but I I just don't think that you're going to have enough bodies to be able to fill it without uh, keeping more than just Spillane around. And so I think Miles Jack is going to be back too, even if they have to eat that twelve and a half million. Uh, Jake Shavink, who you guys might know, you know he he does some mock draft stuff with us. He's been on uh, the show in the past for that reason. We obviously have you know cross platforms, and we were on there for for night two of the draft and a couple of different years. Um, he did a mock draft recently, and he had the Steelers taking the first linebacker off the board. Drew Sanders from Arkansas, who was a name that I brought up because of, I think that he is like today's linebacker. He has really good size, six foot five. He can go sideline to sideline. You can use him in blitz packages. He can kind of do everything. I really like Drew Sanders. That seems like that at 17 or 30, 17 at 17. Hmm. And, and Daniel Jeremiah has said that he thinks Drew Sanders goes in the top 20. He actually did. He had a mock where he went, eighth overall i think yeah i don't know i mean it's tough because they they have needs at other positions too and the value might be better with somebody else at 17 like linebacker could be the case but i could see value being better with one of the corner positions or a tackle position than it is at linebacker now 32 linebacker to me is completely in game but 17 that just seems a little too rich to me yeah i i agree i just i thought it was interesting when i saw jake do that and i've also seen like i said daniel jeremiah put him in that you know 10 to 20 range as well so i i think that he does go first round so i think if if he's really a guy that the steelers like and are coveting they would have to take him at 17 to get him yeah yeah um, but anyways, yeah, we started out talking about Flores and of course somehow got to the NFL draft because that's kind of on everybody's mind with it being, you know, Super Bowl week, post senior bowl, post shrine bowl, and that's kind of just the time of year that we're in, especially when you're not one of the two teams playing. But um, yeah, I, I am really excited to see what Brian Flores is going to do back in that role. Obviously leaves a void for the Steelers, but I thought it was interesting too. Um, and you know, Alan Saunders has kind of been talking about this as well, like Brian Flores, it's kind of unknown to everybody exactly what he all he was had his hand in. But when you hear Kenny Pickett talk about like he wanted to give Flores so much credit for him becoming uh, like so much better in those two minute situations that we saw Kenny start to thrive in down the stretch. He credited Brian Flores for that. So 
he was kind of all over the place in terms of yeah. where he was, you know, helping guys out on the football team. So when you talk about rep- replacing Brian Flores, like, yeah, they'll probably, they're going to bring in, I think another linebackers coach, obviously. But if you're just looking for an assistant to add to the staff, and I, we, we've mentioned one name already. Now, could he not get another job and fall into this role? We don't know, but Byron Leftwich as a guy that can kind of help out both sides. Like, I think he was kind of already being groomed as a hot candidate as an offensive coordinator to take over a head coaching job. I don't think he's completely like helpless in terms of the defensive side of the football. Like I think he could still have input there as well. And he, to me would be a guy that, you know, say he doesn't land another OC job, say he doesn't, you know, like there's not a quarterback coach job out there or something somehow, some way we've talked about it before. I don't want him to be the OC. I definitely think there is a role for him that I would love to see him added to the staff in some way. That would be interesting if, I mean, there's no way it'd be linebackers coach, right? Like he could be no, no, something no, no, no. on the I'm staff, saying, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm he saying, would just have a different role in the staff, but could, but could just oversee a lot of different things. And I mean, yeah, as a former quarterback, a even though you didn't play defense, you read defenses all the time. So you kind of know what, what to expect. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I don't think that you need to necessarily replace everything Brian Flores was doing for the team with a defensive mind. That That's short and simple. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then lastly, not Steelers related at all, Super Bowl picks. Lastly for football. Sorry, we still got to talk about hockey, obviously. Super Bowl picks. Uh, I, I There was something else on the notes that I wanted to bring up before we got to the Super Bowl picks. Because I think in the notes you said how far away the, or what's the what is the gap or what cow yeah close the gap yeah I guess I guess gap? we could do that first. So basically, what I wanted to I wanted to see who you picked and then go based off that. Okay, okay, yeah, we can do that. All right. Um. This is, so this is a who I want to win or who I think is going to win. Who you think this is who you think is going to win? Hmm. I I'll say Kansas City. Ooh, okay. What makes you think that? I think Patrick Mahomes' ankle is going to be healthier than it was two weeks ago, and I think that'll be the main He's difference. Fantastic in that game, yeah. Because with one leg, he was he was great, and I I, I think that with with his ankle getting healthier now, I, I don't think it'll be one hundred percent. I mean, I've had a high ankle sprain; those things linger for several weeks. But as long as he is more than, like, if he's, like, 70%, I, I think he can be mobile enough to be able to kind of run the offense the way that he would closer to normally do. And if, if that's the case, I, I think that the Kansas City will come out on top. And a lot of that probably has to do with I, I value the experience that Kansas City has had in, in losses and winning the Super Bowl, like, in losses in the playoffs and winning the Super Bowl, this this Eagles team is kind of on like a, uh, I want to call it a Cinderella run because they were the one seed, but they don't have that same experience um, overall. There's some guys that were there on that yeah. Super Bowl team from a few years ago, but mm-hmm. overall, this is a really young Eagles team that has kind of like peaked and at this all at the same time, and so they're playing really well. But I think the value that the Chiefs in general have, Patrick Mahomes' experience, Andy Reid's experience is going to help them a lot in the Super Bowl. Just to show you how much turnover there is in the NFL, it wasn't that long ago that the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and there's like five guys that were on that team yeah. still on the roster. Like, that's crazy to think about. Um, 
I there's so much going against the Chiefs that you almost want to pick them. Like 76% of the money coming in on betting sites uh, is on the Eagles. Everybody's talking about the Eagles, and it almost feels the exact same way as the AFC Championship, where it was like Burrowhead. It's Cincinnati's time. And I picked Cincinnati in that game. Like, I'm not afraid to admit it. Mm -hmm. I thought that it was their time. I thought they had Kansas City's number. And even though I think that Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, on that ankle, I did not expect him to have that type of performance. So shame on me. Um, I'm doing it two week, two times in a row though, because I just, this Philly team, I would pick them right now over anybody. I just think they're too good on both sides of the football in the trenches. They have built the, the perfect football team. Basically they have once again, like we see the NFL in these waves transition. They have transitioned it back to a run first lead right now, the way that they win. And obviously 70 sacks on the season, the way they're able to run the football. I think Mahomes is going to be running for his life similarly to when they lost the Super Bowl to Tampa, where he was great, but it, you know, he couldn't make up for that terrible offensive line. Kansas City's offensive line isn't that bad at this point, but the Eagles defensive front is even better than that Tampa Bay front was. I think Mahomes is going to play fine, but I just think that, you know, the Eagles control the clock. Kansas City's not able to put up enough points. I, I don't know. People are saying that this is going to be a high scoring one. I actually tend to think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring than most people because I think that Philly's going to be able to melt the clock so much with their run game. Yeah. Yeah. And from a personal standpoint, I I have to root for Kansas City, not be- because of anything with the Eagles. It's just screw Philadelphia. <laughs> I So I don't necessarily. I don't know that I care all that much, but if I had a preference, it's probably Kansas City. Um, so that's, I'm going to be wearing a Travis Kelsey shirt. Yeah. There you go. Go Chiefs, I go. guess. But yeah, um, that's the thing. It, it has nothing to do with the Eagles themselves. I don't care about the Eagles. Like, they don't bother me. It's it's a similar situation. Flyers with, fans will be winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a similar situation with the Phillies, too. Like, I don't care about the Phillies, but it's the Flyers fans. And it's just the city of Philadelphia as a whole. Yeah. No, no, that that place doesn't deserve to be happy ever. So <laughs> I am never going to cheer for a Philadelphia team. So we watch these entire playoffs play out and you see the two teams that are left standing again, you know, Philly's dominance in the trenches on both sides. They can run the football so well, but they got weapons on the outside too. one of the best duos and AJ Brown and Devonte Smith um, on the defensive side, 70 sacks to lead the league. Then you look at Kansas City, obviously that passing attack. Mahomes and Kelsey are as good of a duo in the NFL. Um, really good defensive front, too. You know, Chris Jones should definitely be in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. Steve Spagnolo somehow, the, despite whatever talent they have on the defensive side of the football, always find a way to d- get at least enough. They didn't invest a ton in their offensive weapons because of having Patrick Mahomes. Uh, they just kind of went out and got some like budget free agents, you know, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Juju Smith Schuster. And it obviously has worked for them to get to this point. Um, you look at these two teams, how they're built and the success that they've had this season, getting here to the Super Bowl. And then you look at some of the teams, obviously, that were runners up San Francisco. If they have a healthy quarterback, who knows? Maybe it would be them over Philadelphia. You look at the Bengals within the Steelers division. How far away do you feel the Pittsburgh Steelers are when you look at these top contending teams around the NFL? I think the Steelers are a tackle, a linebacker, a corner, and about 10 points away. 
I, I think they need to get a tackle and improve the offensive line. I think they get need to get a sure linebacker that you can rely on, not not anything that we saw from Devin Bush the past two years. You need to get a lockdown linebacker. You also need to get a lockdown corner. Um, I, I, that's why I think this is so, such an important position, potentially at pick 17 in this year's draft. And then I think you're about 10 points away. The Steelers are currently, in 2022, averaged 18.1 points per game. And it seems like every one of these playoff games outside of that Kansas City and um, Cincinnati game, the winner is scoring 27-plus. I, I, I feel like you need to be able to score 27-plus at a whim in order to have a chance in these games. Because I don't think the defense is a problem. I think there's position groups or just single positions within those position groups that need changed or need improved. But I think the defense, as long as that health defense is healthy, as long as TJ Watt and Minker are healthy, Cam Hayward, I think that defense is fine and as, as it is. The offense in general, I think that, granted, it is a young offense. I think they need to get another tackle and improve on the offensive line. But I, I think they are about 10 points away from being seriously competitive in these playoffs because if you run into a Buffalo, a Kansas City, a Cincinnati, a Jacksonville, charge all these teams, they can score 27-plus at a whim, and the Steelers have shown that they can't. So until you get to that point where you can consistently score three to four touchdowns a game plus a couple field goals, I'm not going to trust the Steelers in the postseason. Yeah. I think that there's different ways to to build teams as we're seeing, you know, even with these two teams, like they've scored the exact same amount of points these this season, but they've done it in very different ways and the rosters are very different. Um because of what the Steelers I, I feel like pretty clearly want to do with the way that they've invested their picks. Um now I think it's about Andy Wydell's influence in building within the trenches. If you're going to spend a first round pick on a running back, your offense's identity better be to run the football. So they got to try to win in the same way that the Philadelphia Eagles are winning. In my opinion, they got to win within the trenches. Now, you know, you talk about the defensive line, you look at the sack numbers, especially, you know, once they got TJ back and what TJ Watt brings to the team and it looks good right now, but the problem is Cam's getting up there in age and, you know, between Watt and Highsmith, assuming Highsmith is here for the long haul too, because you're going to have to give him a new contract. What do they have there going forward? I think that, again, like we really liked the DeMarvin Leal pick. It's a shame he got hurt this year. Would have loved to have seen, like he showed some splash when he was on the field this year. Would have loved to have seen how much more splash he could have provided if that injury didn't happen. But, you know, Andy Wydell's influence to me within that front office and Omar Khan kind of leaning on him because of the way that they've built that team in Philly. He had a huge part in what that Super Bowl roster, was it a Super winning roster yet to be seen, but this roster that's gotten to the Super Bowl looks like. So that is the team, if you're looking at the two teams that are playing in the Super Bowl, that I feel like the Steelers need to go towards because of what they currently have on the roster. They need to try to be the next Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, they, they did rebuild in that way. And I think that, honestly, the, the Steelers, if they were smart and they made the right decisions, I think you can get there in like two off seasons. The the problem is you you you're, you need Look to how fast the Eagles rebuilt. Yeah, I, that, I, and that's the thing you you need to hit on everything, and the Eagles happened to hit on everything. Like who knew? You got to be aggressive just, in the despite, trade market. Despite what Jalen Hurts looked like out of college, everybody was saying like he's not going to be that great of a quarterback. He's not going to be a starting quarterback in this league because he can't throw the ball. Look at what he's doing now. I, 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 I think that 
I, I think that that and, and that's the thing. Two off seasons, that'll be year three for Kenny Pickett. So I think that if they're smart and they can hit on everything, it'll take just that long to get them there. But they need to hit on things. The, the Steelers have had a history uh, the past several years of not hitting on certain players, and yeah, that, that's kind of bit them. Well, t- I mean, it's not just you know the draft. You, they they look at what the Eagles have done in free agency and the trade market too. Trading for AJ Brown, obviously huge draft they trade last year. The trade for Chauncey Gardner Johnson, signing Hassan Reddick, Hargrave. getting yeah, Javon Hargrave was a couple seasons ago, but Hassan Reddick might be one of the best free agent signings like in recent history, and I don't think that that's even like that outlandish to say with the season he just put together. Um, what else have they done with? Oh, James Bradbury, great free agent signing after a division rival, let him go. Darius Slay was recent too. Like they've been aggressive in the way that they've rebuilt this team. And they, they realize what their window is. Obviously, they have the perfect blend right now of young talent to go along with, you know, the Fletcher Coxes, the Jason Kelseys, the Brandon Grahams that they currently have on that roster. Lane Johnson trying to win one last time. So perfect combination of a team. You know, Cam Hayward can be that that Fletcher Cox for the Steelers here in the next couple seasons. Mm-hmm. So we are differing. One of us will be right. Chiefs or Eagles, let us know in the comments who you got this this upcoming week. And uh, next time we talk to you guys, we'll be able to talk about the winner of that. So uh, we will transition now, talk about the Pens. Obviously, only one game to co- talk about coming back from break here. Maybe the most improbable win, and it, it's tough. To, you know, they were only down one nothing for a majority of this game. Somehow. The, yeah. The first 40-plus minutes of this game, lifeless i mean not creating a single thing offensively casey to smith we have absolutely crapped on him week in and week out on this podcast deserves a ton of praise i am not above doing that listen if i if i have to eat crow every once in a while because the guy stands on his head so be it we've seen this from casey to smith before we know it's in there it just doesn't happen with any type of consistency great performance from casey to smith in this game he's the reason that it even gets to overtime um but the penguins defeating the avs as of the time we're recording this last night, um, are you in agreement? Like, is that one of the most improbable Penguins? Because I was just sitting there like, this is a loss for 40 plus minutes. And then they steal two points. Yeah, no, after, even after the first period, before even seeing the second period, you're down one, nothing to the avalanche. And you look the way that you looked. I I thought that they were just dead. There was not much effort there. And even the continuation of that into the second period, it just seemed pretty lifeless and Casey to Smith was the only reason that they were still in the game. Um, it, they just like flipped the script right on its head. And the third period, I thought it was the complete opposite. I mean, sure. The like, Colorado avalanche had some chances in the third period as well, but the, the, the penguins just came out buzzing and it was all Pittsburgh the entire third period. And it, it kept knocking on the door, knocking on the door throughout the entire period. But then finally, Brian Rust, well, Malkin shot it, but it hit off Brian Rust. So it's technically a Rust goal, but, I mean, Malkin is able to get that bank in um, off of Rust, and they tie the game with, what, eight minutes left, five minutes five minutes left, something like that. It wasn't that long long about time, and then they're, they're trying to get that go-ahead goal. And it, it was an exciting finish and complete, like, utter opposite. I, I want to know what happened in the locker room between periods two and three because what changed like i i genuinely don't know what decision making was had what sullivan said 
because it looked like a night and day different team. And that continued even into overtime. Once it was called a, a power play for Colorado, I thought, okay, game over. We lost yep. the game. They're able to kill that. And then they get their own and they are able to score. And it wasn't even called. I don't even think it was a delayed penalty, but then they scored and the delayed. game was over anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that it, it was a great win. And it was, like you said, improbable. There's no way I thought that the Penguins were winning after 40 minutes of, of hockey. But the way they came out in the third period, it's like, why can't you do that every period? That's the frustrating part. Yeah. It's like, we, we can see you have it in you. Why don't you do it all the time? Like, what does it take to get that out of you consistently game in and game out? Because we've seen that from periods like on and off throughout this entire season. We haven't really seen that much of a complete package for any game this season, honestly. And and so I I, I wonder what, what the difference was between two and three, periods two and three. What made that difference? And why was all of a sudden the four check so strong? They were able to complete passes and 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 be smart with the puck in the neutral zone and moving into the offensive zone. They were smart in their own end. I I, I just it was a complete night and day difference, and I I want to know the difference what it made. But it was I mean this was an amazing win, amazing win. Then the, against the defending champs, Sid was hanging out with Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr all week anyway, and to able to 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 do that on Tuesday night. I mean it was a great win. Um, and you could tell, like, it meant a lot for the Penguins to win that game. I mean, Latang when he scored the overtime winner, it, he he jumped as if he had won a playoff overtime winner. I, <laughs> the the building erupted. It was really fun to watch. I guess for me, it's just it's nice to see that they can still play that way, because like you start to question that. You know, when when they go, they've gone on this long stretch pre break where they just they weren't playing the system well and then again you know the first 40 plus minutes of this game weren't playing the system well it's nice to see that it's still within this team to be able to play that type of hockey and let the defense create the offense for you and i actually thought uh frank who's for uh colorado was very good last night when called upon so I thought, you know, without the way that he played in the third period, the Penguins could have put up more than that, and maybe it doesn't even get to overtime. But, yeah, the, both goaltenders were very good, in my opinion, last night. Um, one obviously called upon a lot more in those first two periods. But, um, yeah, again, it's, it's just nice to see that that is still within their capabilities to play that way. Do you think – I mean, we, we talk about it all the time, though. You need to see it consistently. You, we've said, you know, improbable. This was an improbable win. But will this be one that carries over? Do you think this is a defining win? Can they can they string together a few games like this now, playing the same way that they did in that third period in overtime? Man, it's going to be such a boring answer. But all I'm going to say is I hope so, because we said basically the same thing after that Florida game. Yeah, when, yeah. whenever they won in overtime, then so I, I hope so. I I'm, I'm tired of getting burned by saying I think it is because I, it, they could very well this weekend come out and lose two in a row to Anaheim and LA. So I, I I really, really hope so because like we talked about during the break um, for, for the NHL season, we, we need to see that consistency because we're starting to question whether like, are we going to get into a playoff spot? Because we're kind of teetering on that edge a little too much for my liking. Um, because you're kind of just dropping points and dropping points and 
well, you need those points in order to, order to win or get into the playoffs. And if you lose the season by one point to somebody else, there are so many games this season that could have made that up. And I don't want to be in that position. I don't want the Penguins to be in that position. So I'll just say I hope so. It's a very safe answer, but I, I, I don't know if I can answer it any differently. Do you feel any differently? By the way, what a sigh of relief in terms of Ron Hextall when it came out that he was having a press conference like randomly that nobody talked about. In the day prior, we had called up Dustin Tokarski on an emergency basis. I thought we were about to hear that Tristan Jari's season was over with whatever the injury was. Mm. But then a nice sigh of relief that he's on the ice, skate with Ty Hennis day-to-day at this point. We'll see when he gets back, but that's obviously going to be a huge boost to get him back in net too, and you just hope that this is it. Like once he gets past this injury, comes back, is 100% healthy, and can just you know ride that out the rest of the season. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, got a couple players back in last night's game in the form of Josh Archibald and Kasperi Kapanen. I thought both those guys actually, like, even within those first 40 minutes where the team wasn't doing a lot, looked, you know, at least like they were providing what they normally do. Like, Kasperi created some opportunities with his speed. Obviously, there's just, like, no finish to his game. I don't even know how many shots he actually had on net, but he was flying around the ice at points, too. Uh, and then Josh Archibald just throwing his body around, which for, you know, a relatively small guy, he's definitely a willing uh, checker. And the way that he gets into those dirty areas, he's not afraid to play physical. Uh, we had talked about, for some reason, this team actually was missing him, which we couldn't imagine saying at the beginning of the year. But did you feel like any, you know, those guys coming back maybe played a role in the way that the Penguins were able to play in that third period in overtime? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that, honestly, and we joked about it, but Josh Archibald, I feel like, gave a little more life to that bottom six, the line that he was on. <laughs> for whatever reason, um, he's important for, to For whatever team. reason. That's, I, I said Josh Archibald came back, so now this, the Penguins can actually uh, start winning again. And then Kasperi Kapanen, I mean, he, he he brings a lot of energy. He just doesn't really have a lot going on in the scoring department. He had three shots on goal, by the way. But also, did you know Gensel had 10 shots on goal last night? No. That, 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 wow. That How is, many of those were in the third period? I don't know. I'm just looking at shots on goal, like in the category for the entire team. And you sure it wasn't Nathan I'm, McKinnon. I'm, and I'm <laughs> I'm just seeing like five, four, two, two. And then I just see a double digit ten. And I'm like, holy cow. Wow. But um, yeah, I mean th- those guys are important. I and we we kind of talked about that where coincidentally enough, getting guys like Ryan Paling and Josh Archibald, Josh Archibald those are guys that can probably provide more or at least adequate to what you were getting already on that bottom six, because it was such a a waste out there because there's, there's been countless times where the bottom six, whatever the line it is, will just go out, skate around in a circle a couple of times and then their shift is over and they come back to the bench. That's, and that's basically what they do. They, they don't really add any value to the team. And I think that Paling and Archibald and I mean, heck even capping at the times they bring value in, not necessarily the scoring sense, but just getting more energy on their lines. And I, I think that that kind of probably played into what we saw in the third period in overtime too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's obviously nice to see as many healthy bodies back into the lineup as possible. I felt like they were a nice injection and I'll be, I'm very, very excited for the day that Tristan Jari gets back in net too, because that is going to to make up for like he is capable of having more performances like the one Casey DeSmith had last night than Casey DeSmith will be going forward. 
So Tristan's going to steal some for you that you probably shouldn't win. And uh, last night, Casey was able to steal one. So that was obviously great to see. Um, I don't have anything else. Nope. The, we get three games of late night hockey for mm. for the East Coasters. Um, and I mean, even for me, I, I'm central time zone now. I'm no longer mountain, but still later than normal time. Um, yeah, so that's yeah. that's what like eight thirty like your time. Nine. So like if it, if it starts at uh, let's see these next few games, nine nine thirty nine thirty. Okay. Yeah. So ten ten thirty ten thirty for all of my friends back in Pittsburgh. But yeah. you know some late night hockey, mm-hmm. always always fun. Yeah, well, two of them are on the weekend. So yeah, that's nice. Nice little back to back. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. And if Tristan Jerry's not back. Back to back Friday, Saturday, we could see Dustin Tatarski. So, yeah. Very well, it, I mean, it's, I, I think it's a great opportunity th- this weekend because you're going against um, some not so great teams. I mean, the, the Kings are, are doing okay. They're currently in a playoff spot. But then when you look mm-hmm. at the Sharks and the Ducks, you're looking at the bottom barrel of the Pacific and some of the bottom barrel of the uh, Western Conference as a whole. So, there's a good opportunity for the Penguins to carry over this Avalanche win into the, the to the next weekend. So, yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. Um, this has been around the four one two. I'm Smitty. That's Tyler. Be sure to check out the link in our uh, description of this to donate to the Isla Keen Fund. Share it if you can't donate. Get as many eyes on this thing as possible. We would greatly appreciate it. Subscribe to the channel. Leave us a like. Leave us a comment. Leave us a five-star review if you're listening anywhere other than YouTube uh, and all that good stuff. Until next week, we'll talk to you then. Bye.